everyone. Welcome back to the Where Your Feet Take You podcast. I'm Kayla Bowker, professional triathlete, mom to two little boys, and coach at Where Your Feet Take You. And here with my co-host, Erin Oliphant, who is also a triathlete. She is an elite amateur age group triathlete and a USAT level one coach at Where Your Feet Take You. She also was previously a division one swimmer and just all around really amazing person. And I really like well, we're going to talk about our race recaps here in a minute, but this is something I want to share. Like, I was looking through my photos that Chelsea sent sent me, and I really just loved this photo that you and I had together because I just felt like it really showed. I felt like you could see the emotion on both of our faces that really encompassed kind of what Indian Wells, and we'll talk about it here in a minute, but encompassed what Indian Wells meant for was for both of us. But um, anyways... Before we dive into our race recap, because that's what we're going to talk about today, um, again, what we do here each week for you is come to you with answering your questions. We talk triathlon, life, coaching, anything and kind of everything in between that you guys want to, want us to chat about. Uh, we do race recaps. Sometimes we have guests on the podcast. And yeah, we're just here to kind of share our passion for the sport because both of us really love the sport. We've both been in an endurance sport for as long as either one of us can remember. Aaron started with swimming. I started with track and cross country and ski racing. And now here we are, both in triathlon. So you can send us your questions on to whereyfeettakeyou.com slash podcast or uh, either one of us up on uh, Instagram. We're always welcome to yeah have answer questions and provide you guys with the content hopefully that you enjoy. So yeah, we're going to really talk uh, Indian Wells this weekend. It was, or not this weekend, but this week. It was the last race of the season for a lot of people and very much the last race of the season for both of us, um, thankfully. And yeah, we'll just kind of dive in here before. Yeah. Erin, do you want to share? Do you want to go first? <laughs> well, I DNF'd, so that sucked. Uh. Yeah. It was a bummer. I never in my life thought that I would DNF a race, especially not a 70.3. Um, and that hurts, and I'm struggling a bit, but we'll move on, and it will be okay. But yeah, I got there. I was super excited for this race. Like, I think if you listened to the podcast last week, I was just super excited to be doing it and go out there to, to see what I have was feeling good throughout the race lead up. I mean, that one week I was sick the week prior, um, but was still excited about it because the workouts I was doing, they were going well. Got there, started to swim. It felt good. My time was a little slower than it usually is, but just looking at results, it seems like majority of people's times were a little slow. Um, I know that lake's super shallow and shallow water is not always the fastest. So chalking it up to that. And when I say it was slower, it was like 30 seconds slower than normal. So nothing crazy. Um, I think I was still the first female age grouper out of the water, um, which is always good. Got on the bike, felt super good on the bike through mile 40-ish. Like I think I pushed my highest 90-minute watts ever um, and felt really strong and in control. And then around mile 40, I kind of just hit this wall where like the way I was sick the previous week was kind of how I was feeling around mile 40 just like nauseous and dizzy and kind of disoriented um I actually had done a really good job with calories throughout this race 
So I wasn't thinking it was that. Like I was right about 93 grams of carbs per hour, um, which is where I should be, but just felt weird. And I chalked it up to being sick, but still no issues breathing. Felt good. I was actually like, yay, my aerobic system held up really well. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, but just like couldn't respond when a group of men um, passed by and kind of took the one girl I had been riding with for five miles with. I just couldn't respond to that. Um, and all of a sudden just was really excited to get off the bike and start the run. And I had been running well. I had been doing some progression runs leading up to this race where I was going down to paces that I hadn't hit in a while. So I was excited to get to the run. I was going to be wearing my carbon shoes for the first time. <laughs> I was excited to test those. I actually figured out that the nutrition I had been doing had was really low. I finally like calculated out the carbs from when I first started. I was like, this is not enough. So I was going to increase my carbon take and was excited. So you, to do that. you did what I did. You did what I did back in uh, Texas. <laughs> like <Yeah>. miscalculated. <laughs> well, it's like, yeah, for every 70.3 and honestly, Ironman I've done leading up to this. But um, so I was excited to make that adjustment. And like I had on the bike and was like, I don't know. It, yeah. Um, got into T2. I couldn't find my bike. Like the number, like I got off my bike and felt really weird. Um, and like the numbers of the bikes and transition wasn't making sense to me. Like I knew where my bike was, but the number system confused me. I don't know. But I finally found my bike. I sat down to put on my shoes and I started coughing and could not stop. And for me, that's usually how my asthma attacks start. And that is definitely what happened. Um, I did not have an inhaler in transition with me because I just don't usually need it for that distance um, because a butyrol usually lasts like four to five hours. And that's the duration of the race. And I had taken it before the swim start. But um, yeah, I kind of knew as soon as I started coughing that that was going to be the end of my day because I just I couldn't stop. And I before it got really bad, I had taken the timing chip off and was hand, like walking over to hand it to the um, like Iron Man guy standing outside of T2 because I wasn't trying to get fined like $300 for losing the timing chip. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he like, I start, I was still coughing and he's like, do you need medical? And I just kind of shook him off and he's like, you need medical. <laughs> and like got a bunch of volunteers and had like 10 volunteers surround me, which was a little overwhelming too, but still couldn't breathe. Luckily, I don't, there was no one from medical NT2, which was interesting. Um, and probably not great, but uh, one of the volunteers I think had asthma or something because someone found me albuterol. Um, it was no one in medical because they thought it was mine and it was not mine. But oh. anyway, <laughs> took the albuterol and I mean, that helped. It took a while. I don't know how long I was there for. I did not like it, though. Like, I saw everybody running past me, and it made me really sad. And yeah. finally got transported to, like, the actual medical building, which I was starting to get really, really cold. So I'm happy they finally got me there. But, yeah, yeah they put me on oxygen, and just that sucked. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, there's not much else to say about it like I don't know it's hard because it's not like I, I wasn't feeling out of shape my heart rate was exactly where it usually is for a 70.3 if not a little lower 
Um, so it, I didn't feel like I overexerted myself on the bike or the swim by any means. It just happened. And I mean, I kind of knew this before the race, but my little bit of Google searching after the race confirmed it that cold, dry environments are mm-hmm. the kind of worst conditions possible for asthma. Yes. Um, and so I think that paired with me being sick leading up to this kind of was like a perfect storm that triggered it. Um, and I didn't finish. So, yeah. Yeah. I think it's hard. It's, I think the way that we were kind of texting about it briefly last night, but I think it's important to really maybe talk about this for a few minutes because right. We've all kind of, and in reality, we've all been there. I, I DNF'd in 2021. Uh, I don't know if that's the right month, year. I'm losing track. Yeah. When was Baylor born? 2021, when I got hit by the car. And I've never DNF'd a race. Like, it was uh, circumstances outside of my control. And I, I don't know if I was more sad about, like, at the time, I was really angry about the situation. But I also was really sad about seeing, like, seeing dnf next to my name like there's something about it that was really made me really sad and i kind of came to the conclusion that it was okay to be sad about that and that and that there was also okay that i didn't have any feelings about it either like it's just that right because you were saying like i'm trying to focus on the good and i think that's important you should always focus on the good like You always want to pick out, like, it's important to do two things. One, it's important to sit with how you're feeling and acknowledge the way that you're feeling. And two, it's important to also look for the good things in it. But at the same time, sometimes we just have to say, you know, it's what it was. I can't explain it. And there's not really good or bad. And it's just a day and we move on from it. Like, right? So you don't even necessarily have to have, like, and that's okay, right? And I think that's an important thing for you to, like, be like, okay, well. I'm still sad. Yes, there was good pieces, but it doesn't necessarily mean that there has to be good about the race, right? Yeah. It just it's it's like what it was. I just like I hate the fact that like I go to the tracker now and I can't see my like swimming bike anymore cuz like yeah. I think like I would have been third or You're fourth, fourth female You're in fourth off the bike. Um, yeah, or I think I ended up being eighth off the bike because I fell off pretty hard the last like 10 miles, but Mm. still, I think my swim time was like fourth, including the pros and my bike time was like 32nd, 33rd, including the pros, which Mm -hmm. was a pretty good bike for me too. I mean, like it shows I'm competitive in that swim bike area. Mm -hmm. I mean, not that my run was going to be at that level, but I mean, I still think I was capable of running at my run PR faster. Um, so there is good and that makes me excited. I just, I'm frustrated. I think one of the things that's hard for me right now is I never wanted to be one of those people who like avoids choosing a race based off certain conditions. Mm -hmm. Um, but that might be something I have to consider in the future. And I hate that. Yeah. Um, so like kind of coming to terms with that sucks, but at the same time, like, I went to Colorado in November to see my parents in Colorado Springs. And like the minute I landed, I started coughing there because it's. Yeah, the dry. The dry, dry is really bad. Um, and I think maybe like cooler. if I kind of ease into the cold, maybe I'd be better. I had been doing mm-hmm. all my workouts in the afternoon here where it's still 70. 
So maybe if I had been doing more workouts when it was 50, that would have helped. Um, but it's that like factor where I can't control, but at the same time it could happen again where it's just mm -hmm. frustrating. Cause I don't want to put myself in that situation, but I also don't want to like not do races I yeah. want to do because of it. So it's, I got to try and figure that out. But at the same time, I don't really have to figure that out right now. Texas is humid and that's yeah. my next race on the schedule. So. I think I it's know. a good question to ask your doctor, right? Yeah. <laughs> and just be like, hey, what are some things you recommend for people who have this? Because, yeah, there, and it may be one of those where moving forward, we have to say, hey, we can't do, we, we have to think twice about the this type of race. But kind of always one of those instances where you can't necessarily control that you have this, um, the asthma that is really triggered by this, but you can influence it. So maybe ask, asking those questions like, how can yeah. I influence this so that I can continue to do these types of races? Um, and then, yeah, like you said, kind of learn how to adapt to it. Um, and there might be, I can start, I mean, these would all be doctor's questions, but there's been like longer term inhalers that I've been on, like daily inhalers that I've been on in the past, where maybe if I take that like a month leading up to the race, just to get my lungs more open i don't know the yeah but you're right there are questions i can ask my doctor and maybe he'll have a good answer or solution to it and luckily i've been working with my uh breathing doctor since i was eight years old so we have a pretty good relationship and he knows me pretty well so i'll definitely be you, chatting with him soon you saying this is bringing so baylor um had been really sick um had an ear infection leading into the week but then he started to get a lot better um, and then all of a sudden, um, Saturday, we arrived on Friday and Saturday, he took a turn for the worst with that cough. So now all of a sudden my brain is going as you're talking like, huh, I wonder if that kind of triggered a little bit of that cough again for Baylor. And then as a, you know, as a two-year-old, he can't control it at all. Yeah. So anyways, that's I mean, my Chelsea random even said She's like, <laughs> as soon as we got to Palm Springs, you started like blowing your nose a ton and coughing a ton. Like, yeah, you and there could be something in the air there that it just triggered a little bit of pieces. Um, it wasn't meant to be on Sunday. I don't, I'm just keeping my mind, it doesn't make me any less of a triathlete or any less capable of my goals. It's just another piece of adversity, which isn't something that's new to me. So no. just uh, no. keep grinding. I'm excited for the off season. I, have to take a few days off exercise because my lungs are pretty sore from Sunday. Um, it's this weird feeling like if I take a deep breath, I immediately start coughing again. So I'm out for a little bit, but as soon as I get back to it, I'm excited for some base training and then uh, some intensity training. A so VO2 max build. Fun. I am excited we're, for VO2 we're max. We're going to do a, a VO2 max build with you. I have a couple of ideas. Um... That and it's funny because I texted you that and you're like, I already have some workouts planned. <laughs> I already had. I'd been thinking I've been thinking about this for like three weeks for you. So <laughs> um and I have another athlete that I put on a similar program and um that I was like, this is perfect because then I can I'm semi-testing it with them because they're like a month ahead of you in their in their postseason. So I'm semi-testing it with them to see how the sessions are going and then We'll do that with you. And so how we're kind of, for those of you that are wondering, like kind of how we're structuring this for Erin, because she texted me wanting to do this intensity and one, this was already the plan. I like to do like kind of VO2 max, especially for 
um, athletes who are maybe trying to build their bike fitness or um, improve improve their FTP, um, um, et cetera, et cetera, elite more. The higher end, like people who are like trying to qualify for Kona or sorry, or world championships or anything like that, do like a bit of a VO2 max build in this in the, kind of this first month of their postseason or beginning of their season. But how we're doing this for Erin is she's having a full unstructured week off and then we'll touch base if we want to get into it and you know the next week or not. And then we have to do about two weeks of base building because we have she has been sick and she was sick for about two weeks um prior and we, you know, training volume was pretty low. And you do not want to throw somebody into a VO2 max build immediately off of that because VO2 max is very intense. The VO2 max is this uh, this above threshold style training and threshold is like your 100% kind of thought process. VO2 max is above that. It requires, it's a lot of intensity and it requires your ability to be able to recover. And if you throw somebody into that without doing any pre-work, we would risk injury, burnout, getting sick again, like a lot of these pieces. Um, so we're going to do about a two-week build consistency build into there and then move into this type of structure for her. So that's just a little bit of background on how that kind of works for that type of stuff. But it's hard and it's, but it's also kind of fun at the same time. Um, yeah. I like doing stuff till failure. Like I want to see what I can do, especially because I didn't, like I got to failure in this race, but not the type of failure I was looking to for. <laughs> like, you know, um, so I was listening to a podcast a couple like two weeks ago, or maybe I was reading a book. I don't remember anymore. But it, a really great quote, and I have it here, and I'll just say it because so I know I get it right. But you just were talking about kind of this idea of failure, but in reality, there's two things. Um, one, oh, this was from I was watching Michaela Schifrin's YouTube videos, which are very good. You should go watch them. But she said, yeah, greatness can't. No. Yes, skier. skier. Right. Amazing so skier. Yeah, skier. Skier. Yeah. Amazing skier. Um, but she said, greatness cannot exist without failure. And I thought that was just one really beautiful. But the one that really stuck with me is um, I, I was listening to a podcast and it was on the fear of failure and, and, and kind of like getting stuck in this thought process of just living your life instead of like exploring your life. Um, and it was the most successful people are the most stubborn people because success is 99% about not giving up. You will fail over and over again, but never truly fail unless you give up. All you're doing is learning on what not to do. So you didn't actually fail. The only reason you would be actually failing is if you were to say, nope, I didn't finish that race. I'm done. I'm never going to do it again. Then you know what? That is failure. But we, it's kind of like a great way to relook at the idea of what we're doing. Because you didn't actually fail. All you did was now exactly what you said. I, I learned that, hey, maybe I have to control things differently for races that are this way. Maybe I need to go talk to my doctor. Maybe I need to do try something this leading into these types of races. Like, right? You listed like five things that you learned that you're going to take into something further. So it's not actually failing. All you did was learn. I don't know. Yeah. I like And that. I don't feel like a failure. Like, 
like I don't feel like a failure. It was just something that happened. But I am excited this off season to do those learning failures and training. Mm-hmm. Like I want to do 10 100s on 110 until I fail. Or I want to just go do VO2 max intervals until I can't hit those watts anymore. And I want to go run three miles as fast as I can just to see what I can do. Like I love testing those limits of my potential. Um, and I think it's a super fun way to train when you don't have a race on the horizon to do it during. And like you mentioned in your message, I think you're you're finally ready to be able to do these yes. types of things. Yes. That's the other like thing. even if you had come to me wanting to do this a year ago, I would still be I would have been more hesitant because I yes. didn't think you were quite ready for it. And we're now almost three years into this. And now I think you finally have the little bit of the resilience in your body where we can, right? I mean, I, I told you about two years ago, I need, I need five years, five <laughs> years for you to get to where you want to go. And we're, we're, out, we're moving into year three and now we're moving into a different version of you. We're finally ready to start moving into those pieces. Yeah. And why Kayla say, says that is I just didn't bike or run at all until I started triathlon two and a half years ago. Um, and for you to do these like max effort failure stuff without building a base, even if your aerobic system's ready for it, because I've always had this aerobic base, but muscularly, my body could not have handled doing like two failure intervals and then still have like recovered to train again in the days following. Yeah. So it'll be fun. It will be fun. So, so looking forward yeah. to that. About ready to put this race behind me. And- let it go. Um, so yeah, anyway, I got out of the med tent literally right as Kayla was finishing. So that was fun. And it was it, the doors literally came out right at the finish line because the medical area I was in was inside. Um, and I came out and Kayla was literally finishing as I was walking out, which was super cool. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. I, wa- I like was chatting with someone and I looked to my left and I was I think my first words were they probably... <laughs> I actually made, I think I made the person here. I, and I made the person that was standing next to me feel, I think I made him feel really bad because he thought I was talking to him yes. and I was like, Wait, no. <laughs> you're fine. I want, I meant her. <laughs> Why are you here? <laughs> um, but it makes sense because I kept looking for you out on the, on the run because I, and, but then I was like, well, maybe we're just, I'm like, because the way the course was, if you, there, it was very possible to never see somebody if you were on like kind of opposite ends of the the way it was. Um, and so I thought maybe I just had missed you. Um, and then I look over and there's, there's Aaron and I'm like, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. Um, my day, I don't know. I am like, so I definitely don't want to come across as like constantly feeling disappointed or bummed out or whatever because I, I, I kind of has like feels like my years is gone. But as with everything, I'm always very honest about how I'm feeling about things, and I'm going to say that if if I'm disappointed, I'm disappointed. And you're la- and I think that's important. The one thing that always drives me nuts is when people are like, "You should be just be proud of yourself." And it's like I still am, and I'll, yeah. like I'll talk about this in a minute. But like, I am proud of myself. I'm proud of my year. I'm proud of what I've done. I'm very proud. I'm even proud of how I handled Indian Wells, but I'm still disappointed. I was very disappointed in the day because it did not go to where I think that I am capable of for a multitude of reasons, probably, but it just 
just didn't go. And, and, I, and I'm allowed to be disappointed. So I think we ne- need to learn to like allow people to be disappointed and not always just be like, you need to be proud. Like chin up. It drives me crazy sometimes when people are like, just be proud. And it's like, I am proud, but I'm also disappointed and that's okay. Um, but you know, overall, I actually really enjoyed the race, like looking back on it, like even, you know, even like an hour or so later, I was like, you know what? That was a lot of fun. I actually just, I just enjoyed the course. I enjoyed the day. I love Palm Springs. It's beautiful down there. The swim area was gorgeous with the sun coming up over the mountains and the sun, like really beautiful. The water was definitely very nice. It wasn't as horribly cold. It was chilly, but not horrible. Um, probably nicer for the pros because we are able to kind of acclimatize a little bit better because we um, were able to get our face in the water and we had to do an in-water start, which meant that we were in the water for a certain amount of, you know, a certain amount of time and kind of treading and able to kind of acclimatize to the, the coolness a little bit more. Um, so I, you know, from an overall standpoint, I just really enjoy this and I would definitely go back. Um, I don't know if moving forward, I would want my season to go that long. It would just kind of depend like this. I think that was a piece of why I did struggle as I was kind of ready to be done. And I think that was kind of mentally in my head a lot. And it definitely affected a piece of it. Um, but overall, I just never felt like I could go. I just like, I just, I always felt kind of like on the back foot all day and just never had a lot of like extra oomph. Um, like I had a hard time. I haven't looked at my power file too well, but I had a hard time going above 190 watts. Like just couldn't really get there. Um, I was able to hold pretty steady at like 180 to 190 up until about mile 40, where if you, I did look at that and it drops off dramatically because I really struggled the last 10 miles. But I just could not really go above it. Just couldn't get there. Um, but uh, to kind of start to start from the beginning, I guess, the swim, it went okay. I thought it went a lot better than it did, which was disappointing. <laughs> uh, I, I thought it was going but- a lot yeah, like I actually led the group I was in um, uh, up until the last two buoys, so the, up until the last 400, I think, approximately. Um, and then even when they came by me, um, they I was able to stick, stay on their feet and only like come out of the, out of the water like 10 seconds back versus normally I get when people go by me, I tend to get dropped. So I thought I had swam a really good swim. Um, but again, looking back, it looks like even a lot of the pros were a little bit slow. So maybe it was just a little bit of a slower swim. Um, I don't know. But I got out of the water. And this is the second time now that this has happened. And my mom had a good point that it, this may have been due to my ear infection that I had on Monday. So I had an ear infection on Monday um, of race week. And it never really fully cleared. Um, I was so dizzy. I literally felt like the world was spinning around me. Like, completely. Like, I was in standing in one spot and the whole world was spinning around me. And I was, like, trying to track to grab my bag and I, like, could not track. Um, And then I went to try to, like, I was standing in the middle of all those seats that were there. And I felt Mm -hmm. like, I I felt like I, like, was, like, this drunk, like, bobblehead moving around, like, going, spinning around in a circle. And I finally, like, sat down and I almost missed the chair because the chair was quote unquote moving in my head and I was, I was, so 
finally able to get that to calm down. My transition was pathetic. Oh I my mean, goodness! Once that calmed down, but you should have seen me trying ears, to get on, <laughs> on my bike. Your ears are a big like yes center of your balance, and if your mm-hmm. ear health isn't right, like that is going to yep. throw that off, especially going from water to land. Mm-hmm. And my ear infection was in my right ear, and I breathed to that side, so that's the one that was like always constantly like water would drain, you know, right? Because right, the water mm-hmm. turn it sideways, and then the water's going to go down. Anyways, I need to figure out how to be better at transition. This transition was so bad. Um, one, my feet were frozen and I could not run to my bike. I should have put my bike shoes in my bag. I put them on my bike in the sense like, okay, I'm just going to, I can do it, you know, et cetera. I should have put them in my bag because I, I had to walk transition because, which of course was painfully slow. My feet hurt so bad on the, on the hard surface. And then trying to get, and then my feet were so cold and I was kind of out of it trying to get on my, I literally, it was so embarrassing. I almost you, fell off of my bike. Did I, you <laughs> have your bike in a low gear? Yes, that I did. <laughs> I did. But I like, I did the whole thing where you're like, you're going straight. And then all of a sudden I was going completely sideways oh, and almost no. went off the road. Oh my goodness. I just laughed at myself. I was like, well, this isn't going to plan, but, <laughs> uh, so that was embarrassing. Um, and caused me to miss the group of girls that I had come out of the water with. Um, and I just, again, because I was kind of stuck in this gear of my bot, my physiological gear, I just could not catch them. Um, so bike went pretty well until about mile after that mile 42. And then it just kind of fell off and I just struggled. I don't know if I needed more calories because I had been so sick. For like almost three weeks, it felt like I'd been kind of sick um, and just needed more calories in order to actually ride at a higher. But I just could feel, I could tell that I hadn't done much more. Like in training, I had had a hard time getting above much above 160 watts for like the last two weeks. And I just could feel it. I was like, you haven't done anything intense in a while. Like there's nothing, you just didn't have anything on there. Um, I had been able to, so the girl who came in 10th ahead of me, um, I had been able to keep her. I could tell from like the turnarounds because we had all those U-turns and stuff. I was kind of trying to gauge where I was to her. Um, I could tell that I was only like a minute-ish behind her up until about mile 42. And then I just bled time off of her. Um, And I'd been trying really hard to keep her in about that minute range because I knew I was a faster runner if I was going to run well. And I just, yeah, I just bled time off of the... um, the last 10 miles. Um, and so got into T1 or T2 um, with another, actually with another girl that I caught right at the end and made it through T2, nothing spectacular and kind of got out of the run and was running okay. But oh my God, I got to mile three and I was like, how am I only at mile three? I don't understand. I'm, I should be at mile 10 by now. Like this is the longest three miles I've ever done in my whole life. <laughs> like, but. And so I was kind of in this negative, pretty negative space at the time frame. I was like, I, Brandon had told me I was like six minutes out of the top 10. And I was like, again, like, how am I six minutes out of the top 10 again? I thought I was doing better than that. Like all these things were running through my head. I was like, I just have to, I was like, I have to try to run six minutes back down again. Like, cause I did that in Cabo and yeah. it's hard. <laughs> it's so hard. Um, and I was like, I just don't know if I have the energy to run six minutes into people this time. And I got to mile three and I just kind of had this whole like, okay, 
this isn't going well, but you know what? You love to race. Like this is a fun, like this is a fun day. It just, it's nice out. It's fun. You, you went into this race because it's fun. Like there wasn't, and who knows? And I don't even quite really know what the full shift was, but there was definitely a shift at like mile three. And I just kind of relaxed. Like I felt my whole body relax. And I just started running. And I said, just run, Kayla, just run. And whatever happens, happens from there. And um, I ended up, and then all of a sudden the miles started going faster. Like uh, I ended up, I did end up picking up speed a little bit, but they just really started feeling faster too. Like it was like, oh, yeah. Oh, all of a sudden I'm basically back to, you know, the second to hit the second loop. And then I hit the second loop and the second loop went by so fast for me. Um, and I just started running a lot better, a lot more free, a lot, lot smoother. Um, ended up catching a couple girls. And then Brandon, I saw Brandon near the end because he had told me as I made the turn kind of for the second loop, he had told me, if you just run about six forties, you'll be, you never know who you'll catch. And I had caught two girls. And then he said, like, you, you, you're still three minutes out of top 10. And I was like, are you kidding me? I just passed two people. Was I really that far back? Like, it was just kind of a little bit of disappointment. But I also was like, I will not let those other two people catch me and end up running. So I ended up running my way into 11th. I think I was like 15th off, off the bike and ran my way into 11th. I had the eighth fastest run time. Um, and wasn't my best run, but it was definitely not my worst. Um, so all in all, you know, definitely a little bit disappointing because I actually really thought like looking at the the uh, start list, like this could have been a really good start list for me to kind of break in actually like past 10th place, like kind of that six, seven, eight range. Um, if I put together what I am capable of putting together and I just, I just, I could tell that I had been sick. Just one of those where you could just feel it in your body. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. All in all, you know, semi-happy with the day and that I never, again, I'm proud of myself. We're never giving up. I have proven time and time again that I'm very gritty, but um, I'd love to actually, you know, produce something out of that grittiness. <laughs> <laughs> your time's coming. It oh, is. Oh, it will come. <laughs> I definitely got to figure out how to swim better, uh, apparently, and bike. It's like a combo. Like, I can't decide, and I need to chat with my coach about it, but, like, where – because, yes, I do need to swim better, but I was only three minutes down from Jackie Herring in the swim, who was uh, third. third. But she ran just did, like, a two – I forget, like, a 218, and I did a 228. I was 10 minutes down. I think she, she may have even done faster, or she did a two twenty. She's twenty one. I don't think her bike was um, like anything. Which is what I was on track for until I blew yeah. up. Um, yeah. You know, so it's just I I definitely bleed time on the bike. Um, so I don't know. I need to bike a lot and I need to swim a lot. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows what I need to do? Figure something out a little bit. Um, but. Yeah, again, I I really enjoyed the race. Um the atmosphere was great. The run course was once I let go. I I thought about, I don't know if any of you listened to the one with Jade Tully where she says let let go and let God. Um 
that popped into my head in the middle of the run. Like, just let go, Kayla. You got to let go and just run. Um, once I let go, I really enjoyed the run course because it's very up and down. It's very dynamic. It's that's not why, boring. That's um, why I'm bummed, too, is I actually think I would have loved that run course. Like, I like the trail runs I've done because I can carry speed through a downhill well into an mm-hmm. uphill and that's kind of how that like course yep. is designed and it's very like yep. strength based and I'm a strength runner as mm-hmm. much as I would like to be a cadence runner. It's just not happening yet. <laughs> um, but I think I would have loved it. So I am that was a little bit of a bummer on yeah. top of it and, too. <laughs> um, the, the people at the aid stations were amazing. This was the most energy Perfect. I've ever felt at the aid stations. Like one of the aid stations, I could hear them from like a mile away. Like they were that like upbeat and they were constantly like, we got a runner coming. We got a runner coming. All right, everybody, let's get them some water. Like we got a runner coming. And it was just so fun. It did. Cause there were some quiet spots on this course cause it's through a golf course. And so it was far enough out that there wasn't a ton of spectators, but then you would like make a turn and you could hear the aid station, even though you couldn't even see the aid station yet. Um, And so that was really fun. But yeah, all in all, good, good day, I guess. Never a bad day. I, you know, at the end of the day, you learn, like even you, like, okay, yes, you had a D- DNF, but you're going to gain a lot from the fact that you had your highest 90 minute power output on the bike. I sure hope so. <laughs> you, you, you will, you, you will get an adaptation from that. You can't do a 90 minute all highest power without gaining some adaptation from it, right? Like, yeah. So, I don't know, but yeah, good day, fun day. I think the highlight of my trip was the Iron Kids race. <laughs> By and far, it was so much fun. Skyler ran with Grandma, and he took off, like just all like they took off running. My mom had to like sprint after him. He ran so fast, um, and Baylor ran the entire half marathon. For those of you that just don't know, Baylor, I think he's two and a half now. He's not barely two and a half. And I set him down at the start line, and he just started running. He started running after Skyler, and he just kept running. We were, and we were not the last people. I was so impressed. And he's a beautiful runner. <laughs> it's not fair how pretty of a runner he is. Uh, and he got so into it. And we came, like, you could start to hear. I finally was like, okay, we're coming up on the finish line. And so he, like, saw this girl and he put a little surge in and, like, passed Aww. this girl. And came, hit the red carpet of the Iron Kids race. And I was like, okay, we're at the red carpet. We're at the finish line. And he got so serious, like just pumping his arms that the announcer was like, oh, we got a professional here. (laughs) (laughs) It was really fun. And they were both so proud of themselves. And that was definitely the highlight of my trip. Um, Yeah. So what was your highlight? Because there is still highlights in every trip yeah. even when they don't go well. Um, I mean, it was nice to have Chelsea come with me, especially after the asthma attack. I was really glad I wasn't alone. Um, I think yeah. that would have been really hard. Um, but then also, I just love doing races with you. Um, I know, it's fun. I don't think this will come as too much of a surprise to you. But like, 
my goal is to be as good of a biker as you. So on these races where I can see you, I like to keep track of my time towards you. And um, it's only me three minutes back yes. from you on the bike. I was like, okay, like that's not bad. So you looked really good. I like doing races with athletes too. Cause I when I can see them out there. Like I yelled at you each time I saw you and I just, I, I get excited about seeing you guys out there. Um, what did you think about riding on the raceway? Because I really enjoyed it personally. I thought it was very fun. I liked the raceway. I thought it was fun. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of areas of the race where I thought the U-turn was a little tight. And I think just because I fell recently doing a U-turn, I was super paranoid and slow through the U-turns, which wasn't great. Um, but I thought the raceway was fun. Yeah. I thought those were wide really turns. Fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. That was one of my And it was so parts. smooth compared to a lot of the areas of the rest of the course. It was a bit of a rough course. <laughs> the roads were some a little roads. on the rough side. Yeah. Some yeah. were great. Some were pretty bumpy. Yeah, at one point, so for me, I actually ended up my I happened to like glance and see my shadow and I saw that my wa- back water bottle was like sticking had like a gap and so I panicked and so I ended up like pulling the water bottle out and like shoving it down my front um because oh, really? I was so afraid yeah I was so afraid I was going to lose it and I didn't want to get an unintentional unintentional littering penalty and that was my only other calories like I needed that bottle and yeah. I did not want to lose it yeah um, I mean that was smart I think Ben Canute got a unintentional littering yep. penalty yeah that's what he i saw that because i think he said his whole back cage like that's kind of what yeah, mine looked like i don't know if it wasn't on tight enough like that's kind of what mine looked like it was doing um well when so you're that. going bum, 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 it will <laughs> yeah. loosen those bolts <laughs> yes um i definitely think if there's any top age group men out here listening to this podcast i, I don't know that there are but when you guys pass the professional women, don't just slot right in front of us. It totally ruins our race. We are racing for sponsorships. We are racing for money. We are racing to try to have our break. Like, oh man, it just totally messes everything up for us because make it so that you can't see the women in front of you. And on top of that, I have to like hit the brakes and pull back because if I can't get a penalty because it's going to affect my race a whole bunch. And when you I are experience, yes, I experienced a lot this race. I mean, like I'd be riding with a girl and then all of a sudden, like four age groupers who must have been draft. I mean, I watched a lot of drafting yes. happen. There um, was a lot. Like they take the girl with them and I just can't get myself to like do that. Like I have to pull back because I'm not getting into that mess. Like the image is, it sucks. And like, yeah. I don't know, like, I'm just not comfortable. I don't want to be a cheater. Like, even right. if I know there's no mo- motorcade around, like I'm not doing that. I'm not playing mm-hmm. that game. Good. And, yeah. But it sucks to see. I mean, these were men, so I was trying not to, like, for the most part, it was men, so I was trying not to let it affect me, but I watched one guy stay literally at the back wheel of a guy in front of me the whole way, and I couldn't Mm -hmm. even, like, put in a search to get with, like, in, like, the 12 to 15 meter zone, but they were right there, and I watched it the whole time, and, Mm -hmm. like, this, like, 
it's just so yeah. frustrating. And they'd slot in like four of them right in front of you. And you're like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep. Yeah. It's like the second day get by you. You love that Kona. You're only racing with women because you see so much less of that type of crap. Yes, you do. And I see a lot more of it now that I'm, you know, at the pointy end of the race. And yeah. it's just, it's very frustrating because there was quite a few times where in, I would literally have to drop back. I'd have to hit, basically go 120 watts for like a minute or two to get myself out of this draft zone. And then you kind of have to like reestablish. And that allowed me to lose, like it happened twice. I lost contact with the girl who was ahead of me in, in that one to two minutes because she's riding 200 watts and I'm riding 120 watts. It just doesn't, right? doesn't make sense. And then I can't, it's just totally messes it. So just don't slot in front of us. If you're going to pass me, pass me. Pass and like you're carry going, the momentum and yes. get that 12 meters, please. Yes. You're, you're, you weigh probably 50 pounds more than me and you're going, you're riding at 275 watts probably at a minimum and I'm riding 190. You can get by me without having to just dart in front of me. Anyways, that's my rant for the day. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It just is something that really bothered me. And this race was one of the worst um, because it was so flat. Um, You know, even though the turns definitely made for some dynamics that definitely helped kind of break things apart a little bit, but not enough. Like the hillier races, that isn't quite as much of an issue because the hills are create more of a dynamic you know, type of race. But so, um, yeah, we are now postseason for both of us. Just, I need a little bit of a break. It'll be good. Um, but I am, you know, starting to get excited about thinking about next year. You got Texas. What's coming up first for you? Texas. Yeah. As of now. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, I, I definitely won't do another like 70.3 before then. Um, no, your only option would be good to go to Texas or Oceanside. Yeah. Um, if I had all the money in the world, maybe I would try and do Galveston, but, um, I don't think I'm ready to do a half three weeks before full. So I think I, you could. I think I could, I don't know. I probably won't. Yeah. <laughs> I won't say definitely. It this <laughs> is probably my first triathlon. Um, I mean, maybe I'll throw myself in like a local Olympic or sprint just for fun. Might try and do a half marathon because I am really bummed. I didn't get to see like the work I've put into my running pay off. And I don't really want to wait until late April to run. So I might throw myself in a local half. So we'll see. No, I think that sounds like a good idea. You actually kind of got me thinking like, huh, maybe I want to do a half marathon. Because yeah. we have we had that one in Mesa. I think it's in Mesa here. It is Mesa. There's one yeah. Mesa. There's I looked um, at the um running schedule though and basically within like three hours there's a half marathon every weekend. So. Yeah, there's a ton this this time of year in this area. Great place to get some half marathons or whatever you need yeah. in um yeah. No, that's I think that makes sense. Um awesome. Yeah. That's kind of where we're at for this week. We just want to do a little bit of a race recap with you guys. Um, we'll come back next week answering questions. But um, thanks, everybody, for the cheers. I had um, a couple people come up 
two people message say, "Hey, listen to the podcast." So that was really sweet. And um, and then to the lady, she's definitely not listening to this, but to the lady who in T two, as I was getting my bike while I was carrying Baylor, told me that I was superwoman because I had a baby and I was already done. Thank you. <laughs> like. <laughs> It just really kind of made my day because I was feeling a little bit disappointed at that time frame. And then it really helped me again, just kind of re-put the day into perspective as to, yeah, this, this race was more than just about, you know, what it was. You were here to have some fun, enjoy racing, race with your athletes, you know, be out there for your kids. And, you know, it was more than that. So, yeah. I I want to thank everybody who reached out to me after the race and said, like, I'm sorry to hear that happened. I'm here for you. I still believe in you and all the things you're capable of. Um, that means a lot because I think when something like this happens, it is easy to let that doubt creep in. So to everybody who said you still believe in me, I really appreciate it. And we do yeah. we very much believe in you. Um, so awesome, everybody. Well, hope if you raced this past weekend, um, great job. Um, Quick shout out to Carly Moore on the Where If You Take You team, who raced her first race back after having her uh, first baby. Um, she's, I forget, he's mm, a year and a couple months. And she had a huge 14 minute PR for the 70.3. And, and then uh, Katrika, who got herself under seven hours as well. Ooh. So, fun weekend of racing for everybody. Um, thanks everybody for following along. And we'll be back next week answering your questions. Again, you can uh, send those to us on the website at whereifyoutakeyou.com slash podcast or to either one of us on um, Instagram. We, again, we answer your questions about, about triathlon, about training, racing, mindset, goal set, like, you know, goal setting, life, um, you know, kind of anything. Never, there is no, there is no dumb question. We will do our best to answer everyone that we can. And, um, yeah, um, that's about it. We'll see you guys next week. See y'all.